0: Good morning. This is Pastor Brent from Rochester Hills Baptist Church. You enjoy listening to Truth For Today, but today I'd like to introduce you to another ministry, Rochester Hills Christian School. RHCS is a K-12 private Christian school that features a full daycare. We minister to the students of today to help them to face the challenges of tomorrow. RHCS has strong biblical values, high academic standards, an exciting sports program for boys and girls, wonderful extracurricular activities, and excellent facilities that feature a full science lab, computer lab, art studio, and robotics lab. Call us today at 248-852-0585, extension 200, or visit our website, rhcschool.org. Good morning, welcome and thank you for tuning in to Truth For Today, ministry of Rochester Hills Baptist Church. Whether you're driving or listening at home or work, we hope that today's Bible message will challenge your heart and encourage your soul. Please visit us on our website at rhbchurch.com and be our special guest at one of our services at 3300 South Lavernoy Road in Rochester Hills. And now today's message from our pastor, Al Hightower. Revelation chapter 20. Uh, if you don't have a Bible of your own, you can stop by our Welcome Center at the end of the service. And we have some, some Bibles that are available absolutely free of charge. I just have an idea that the Word of God's pretty important, and I like everybody to have their own copy of the Bible. This morning, I wanna preach a message, not a message about what our church teaches or about what uh, a person believes, but rather I wanna preach a sermon exactly from the Bible about what God says about how we can know for sure that we're going to heaven. I just have an idea that everybody would like to go to heaven. But you know, you survey a dozen people and you'll get a dozen different ideas. One person says, well, you have to be baptized to go to heaven. Another person says, no, 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 no. You have to join our church to go to heaven. And somebody says, it's not that. It's being a good person or keeping the golden rule or following the Ten Commandments. But the truth is, it doesn't matter what you think, it doesn't matter what I think, what matters is what does God say. And so in the book of the Revelation, in chapter 20, we have a scene that takes place, it's that final judgment. It's when every person stands before God, and the Bible tells us that there's a book called the Lamb's Book of Life, And in that book is the name of every single person who's going to heaven. There's also another set of books that accompanies the life of every person who has ever lived. It's a book describing everything that I have done, everything that you have done. And the Bible tells us that for those not in the book of life, that is those not going to heaven they will be judged according to what's in those books. Let's read those verses. If you're able to stand, please stand with me. And I'll begin in Revelation 20, verse 11. The Bible says, And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened. Bless the preaching this morning. I pray that You would help me to be easily understood. I pray that if anybody is not sure that he or she is going to heaven, that that person would make certain this morning based on the Word of God. Lord, please speak to every heart. Already the service has been a blessing. We thank You for it. But now bless the preaching and then the invitation in Jesus' name. Amen. Be seated, please. Somebody wrote a poignant poem. It goes like this. Have you ever stopped to wonder what this life is all about? Why you're here and where you're going when your lease on time runs out? Maybe you've been far too busy trying hard to reach your goal. Would you let me ask you kindly? Have you thought about your soul? You may reach the highest portals. Your dreams may all come true. Wealth and fame may be your portion and success may shine on you. All your friends may sing your praises, not a care on you may roll. But what about that great tomorrow? Have you thought about your soul? Don't forget, your days are numbered, though you may be riding high. Like all of us poor mortals, someday you'll up and die. And your success and fame and glory won't be worth a bell that they toll. So let me ask you just one question. Have you thought about your soul? If you've never thought it over, spend a little time today. There's nothing more important that will ever come your way than the joy of having your sins forgiven and to know that you've been made whole. In the name of Christ the Savior, stop and think about your soul. Based on the Word of God, there there really is a heaven. Jesus said in John 14, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in Me. He said, In My Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And then He said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place, I will come again and receive you unto Myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. You know, it's very simply put, some people do go to heaven. In fact, I would assume that everybody in this room this morning, right now, you know somebody who already is in heaven. But according to Jesus himself, lots of people who think they're going to heaven, they don't make it. He said in the Sermon on the Mount, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. In fact, there are some who think they're going who don't make it. And according to the Scriptures, if a person doesn't go to heaven, then indeed they do go to hell. And the Bible teaches us, sadly, that more people go to hell than go to heaven. But the good news is, nobody has to go to hell. I remember when I was in the fourth grade, there was a kid in our class, his name was Gary. Gary was bigger than all the other fourth graders, and uh, he was a bully. Rumor had it that Gary had been in the fourth grade two or three years already. But he's always picking on everybody, and he had no friends, and nobody liked him. And one day, Gary comes to class with a stack of envelopes and hands one to all the boys in the class. You open, and it says, you're invited to a birthday party for Gary. I looked at that and thought, yeah, right. I'm going to his party. In fact, at recess, we all got together and we made a pact that none of us were going to Gary's birthday party. And uh, I got home from school. I said, hey, hey, mom, guess what? Oh, Gary, you know the bully at school? He's having a birthday party, but none of us are going. <laughs> she said, did you get invited? I said, well, yeah. She said, then you're going. I said, Mom, you don't understand. I mean, uh, he, he's a bully. He picks on, if I go, he'll probably beat me up. I said, we, we, we all decided none of us are going. She said, uh, did you get invited? Well, yeah. Then you're going. How many of you have a mom like that? Yeah, yeah, okay. And so I didn't want to. She made me. I went to the party, started at 2 o'clock, I got there about 10 to 2, and Gary's mom answered the door and invited me in, and there's a table set up with lots of chairs and a big old cake, and nobody was there, but Gary and me and his mom. 2 o'clock comes, and nobody shows up. 2.15, nobody shows up. By 2.30, we started the party, it was just Gary and me. They had gallons of ice cream. It was really one of the better parties I've ever been to. <laughs> but, but, but my point of that story is, I, I was made to go to the party. I didn't have a choice. They, they made me go. Listen, nobody has to go to hell. Right. God has made provision so that every single person has the opportunity to escape hell and go to heaven. Somebody says one time, well, you know, I can't see a loving God sending anybody to hell. Well, God doesn't send us to hell. We go there by our own choice. I'll explain that a little bit, but I want you to notice in our text, there are a couple of different books. There is the the book of life. Every person who's on his or her way to heaven, their name is in the book of life. When I was in high school, I played sports. And we had a lot of fellas that went out for the team, but they couldn't all be on the team. And so after several weeks of practice, they had what they called cut day. And the coach would make a list of every guy who made the team. And he always posted it after lunch. And so you were nervous if you weren't one of the better athletes. And right after lunch, you'd run into the coach's office and you'd check that list for your name. And if your name was there, you made the team. If your name wasn't there, you didn't get to play that season. Cut day was a terrible day for those who didn't make the team. The Bible teaches there's a cut day coming. If your name is in the book of life, you get to spend forever and ever in heaven. If your name is not in the book of life, every bit of happiness you've ever known is gone forever. Every bit of joy that you've ever experienced is gone forever. Because not only is there a book of life, there's a book of records. We're judged according to our works. You see, according to the Bible, what sends a person to hell is not being a bad person or a murderer or a thief. What sends a person to hell is sin. Unless our sins are forgiven, we cannot get to heaven and... I can't forgive my sins, and you can't forgive your sins, but the Bible teaches we're all sinners. If you don't believe that we're all sinners, I challenge you to go to the nursery for 10 minutes. And watch those little rascals. Nobody has to teach them to be selfish. Nobody has to teach them to be mean. Nobody has to teach them to hit one another. Uh, you have to teach them not to be selfish and teach them to not be mean and teach them to not hit one another. In fact, I, I, I found something I thought was pretty interesting. It's called the toddler's property laws. Yeah, there are eight of them. It says, number one, if I like it, it's mine. Number two, if it's in my hand, it's mine. Number three, if I can take it from you, it's mine. Number four, if I had it a little while ago, it's mine. Number five, if it looks like mine, it's mine. Number six, if I saw it first, it's mine. Number seven, if you're playing with it and you put it down, it's mine. Number eight, if it breaks, it's yours. (laughs) And so because we're all sinners, none of us are perfect. In fact, The Bible teaches that there's none righteous, no, not one. Now I understand some of us are, 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 or maybe I should say some of you, are better than others. And I don't mean you're a better person, I mean you haven't committed as many sins. Like the little boys at camp. One said, my hands are dirtier than yours. And the other one said, well sure, because you're older. We're all sinners. God's standard is way up here, and no matter how hard you try, no matter how hard I try, we're all going to come short of the glory of God. There's nobody who can say, wait a minute, I disagree, preacher. In my entire life, I've never one time had a bad thought. In my entire life, I never one time disobeyed my parents. Why? In my entire life, I've told the truth every single time I've ever spoken. Except for now. (laughs) Because we're all sinners. Agreed? Of course we are. And the Bible teaches us that because of our sin, there's a penalty. The wages, the penalty of sin is death. Now we read right there in verse 14 that the lake of fire is the second death. That simply means that because I've done wrong, because I'm not perfect, because you've done wrong, because you're not perfect, because we've all done wrong, if we got what we deserved, we would go to hell. And I understand that, that it, it, it's not a popular thing nowadays to think about hell. Although, it's interesting, hell is just about the world's favorite curse word. They use it to describe a difficult day. Man, I've just been through hell on earth. No, you haven't. Or somebody speaks of the weather. Not last week, but maybe this. somebody says it's hotter than... No, it's not. You know what Jesus said about hell? He said that hell was so bad. He said if your hand offends you, that is, it makes you to sin. He said cut it off. Because it's better to enter into life maimed than to have two hands and go into hell into the fire that never shall be quenched. You see, we know a little bit about hell because Jesus spoke more about hell than He did about heaven. He did that to warn us. He did that to convince us that it's a terrible place that we want to avoid at all costs. Somebody says, well, I don't mind going to hell. That's where all my friends will be. You only say that because you don't understand how horrible hell is. In Luke chapter 16, the Bible tells us about a man that went to hell and he cried out being in torments and he begged for one drop of water. Years ago, when I was an assistant pastor, uh, I had a a bus route and we picked up boys and girls and adults who didn't have transportation and brought them to church. One of the girls on my bus route, her name is Linda, she lived with her mom and her baby sister in a tiny little apartment above the Night Owl Bar and Grill. And one night, whoever was in charge when they shut the bar down, they forgot to turn the grill off and it overheated and exploded. And Linda's mom woke up in the middle of the night and the apartment was filled with smoke and she screamed, Linda, we got to get out of here. And so mom grabbed baby sister and wrapped her in a blanket and headed down the stairs. And Linda followed behind her. But by now, the stairwells were on fire. And, and Linda had long blonde hair and evidently must have brushed up against it because her hair caught fire. And they said that for a few seconds her head was just a ball of flame. I went to see her in the hospital. Up until that time, I had never before seen anybody who was seriously burned. They made me wear a a, a mask and a special gown so that I wouldn't take germs into the burn ward. The nurse told me that's Linda's room, and I walked in, and if she had not told me that was Linda, I wouldn't have recognized her. You see, when a person gets seriously burned, the fluids in their body rush to the traumatized area, and Linda's head had swelled up three or four times its normal size. All of her hair was gone, eyebrows, no eyelashes, and and her skin was bright red. She had a solution smeared all over her to keep her skin soft and pliable so the scar tissues wouldn't form. She had an IV in her arm, and when I walked in, my heart just, And I sat down beside her and I was choking back the tears. And I said, Linda, you are going to be okay? And she said, it hurts so bad. She said, they're giving me this medicine, but it doesn't help. It feels like I'm still on fire. It just keeps burning and burning. It hurts so bad. And I sat there with that young lady for a while and prayed with her and tried to comfort her. When I was finished, I left her room and as soon as I got outside, I just leaned against the wall. And I looked up toward the heavens and I said, God, thank You that I don't ever have to worry about going to hell. Thank You that that's forever settled. You see, nobody has to go to hell because God in His wisdom and God in His sovereignty and God in His desire, God doesn't want anyone to go to hell. He wants everyone to go to heaven. That's why Jesus died on the cross. That's why He came to this earth. Because we could not be sinless, but Jesus was sinless because He was God. And He came and He lived 33 years of a sinless life. And then He offered Himself as our substitute. He offered Himself as our sacrifice. You know, most people understand that Jesus died on the cross. But what they don't understand is why. He died on the cross to pay for our sins. He died on the cross to provide forgiveness. Let let me illustrate. Uh, Not long ago, uh, we went out to eat with a group of folks. and uh, I had one of these all-you-can-eat barbecued rib. Don't you love those words? (laughs) All-you-can-eat? And you know, on this day, it was just... One of these special convergences where my eyes and my appetite met. And I could just keep eating and eating and eating. And, and the waitress came and she goes, hey, would you like some more ribs? I said, no thanks. I think I'm full. And my wife said, well, finally. <laughs> so, you know, she totaled up the bill and started to hand it to me. And one of the guys grabbed it and he said, I'll take care of that. And inside I'm going, yes! Well, of course, you don't do that. I said, no, no, you don't have to do that. I'll take care of it. He said, "I know I don't have to. I want to. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so, and here's what I want you to get. With his money, he paid my debt. The meal wasn't free. Somebody had to pay for it. You and I owe a debt to God. You can either die in your sins and go to hell, or you can accept the gift of God which is eternal life. Because we owe a debt. Jesus said, let me pay for that. And you know what most of us do at least the first time? Just like I did to that guy. Oh, no, no, no. I'll take care of it. I'll join church. No, no, no. no! I'll take care of it. I'll get baptized. No, 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 no. I'll take care of that. I'm going to turn over a new leaf. And if that happens, your sins are not forgiven and you spend forever in hell. But Jesus said, I want to pay for your sins. Why would he do that? Because he loves us. Isn't that amazing? When I was in the second grade, I'm in line at the drinking fountain. Right in front of me is Tina Williams. She turned around and she said, we're getting married. <laughs> you and me? She said, yes. I said, why? She said, because I love you. I thought, what a brilliant second grader. <laughs> so I went home. and I said, hey, mom, guess what? I'm getting married. My mom said, really, when? I said, well, I don't know. I'll ask Tina tomorrow. And so... I'm in line at the drinking fountain. The next day, I didn't see her in the morning. And I say, Tina, my mom wants to know when we're getting married. Now, there's there's a guy, there's a guy in our class named Bobby Williams. And she'd been thinking, if she marries me, she'll have to change her name. If she marries Bobby, she can be Tina Williams forever. And so I, I said, my mom wants to know when we're getting married. She says, I'm not marrying you. I'm marrying Bobby. I said, why? She says, because I don't love you no more. It's all right. I'm over it. (laughs) Almost. Pretty much. Now listen, I, I get it. When you're seven years old, you don't really understand the kind of love that makes a marriage work. But I can still feel how horrible it felt. I can still remember how horrible it felt when she said, I don't love you anymore. Great news. You'll never hear that from God. There will never come a time when God says, I don't love you anymore. The Bible says He has loved us with an everlasting love. Look, if you serve Him, He loves you. If you reject Him, He loves you. If you follow Him, He loves you. If you ignore Him, He loves you. If you're a rebel, He loves you. If you die and go to hell, He'll have a broken heart because He still loves you. The Bible says, God commendeth His love toward us. And while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. See, the Bible is very clear. On the cross, and I can't explain it to you exactly theologically, but on the cross, as Jesus hung there on that cross, somehow God reached down and gathered up all of your sins and all of my sins and the sins of the whole world and He put those sins on Jesus. And then God, because He's so holy and can't just ignore or tolerate sin, God poured out His judgment and God poured out His wrath. And on the cross... Jesus shed His blood, He suffered, and He bore our penalty. He cried out, My God, why hast Thou forsaken me? And He died. They buried Him, and three days later, He rose from the grave, proving that God had accepted His payment. And now we offer salvation as a free gift. You can't pay for it, you can't work for it, you can't get it at church, you can't be good enough to get it. You get it by just simply asking Jesus Christ to save you. The Bible is very clear, Romans 10:13, "Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved." I didn't grow up in church, but I got invited to camp as a teenager. And For the very first time, I heard that God loves me. For the very first time, I heard that Jesus died on the cross to save me. I was in a preaching service and the preacher explained that if you get saved, when you die, you go to heaven. If you don't get saved, when you die, you go to hell. I didn't understand what being saved was. But he explained that salvation is simply a rescue from hell. You get it by asking God to save you. And so at the end of the service, they said, if you're not saved, would you raise your hand? I raised my hand. He said, I'm going to pray that you'll have the courage to come and talk to me or one of our counselors. And as soon as he finished, I went forward and I got the preacher. And I said, I need to know how to get saved. And he opened the Bible. He said, There are four things you need to know. Number one, that you're a sinner. We're all sinners. I knew that. He said, Number two, there's a penalty on sin. I understood that because he would preached about it. Number three, this is the best news I ever heard. He told me that God loved me and Jesus died on the cross to pay for my sins. He said, number four, it's a free gift. All you have to do is pray and ask God to save you. Would you like to do that? And I said, but it seems too simple. You just pray? He said, do you believe you're a sinner? I said, yes. He says, do you believe you deserve... To be punished for your sins? I said, yes. He said, do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? I said, yes. He said, then it's that simple. All you have to do is pray and ask Him to save you. I said, I don't know how to pray. He said, I'll help you. So we bowed our heads and He helped me. And I prayed something like this. I said, dear God, I know that I'm a sinner. I know I can't save myself, but I believe Jesus died for my sins. Please save me. Forgive me of my sins. Take me to heaven when I die. I now receive Jesus as my Savior. Amen. Listen, on the authority of the Word of God, that day, my name was written in the book of life. On the basis of the Word of God, from that day on, I am a child of God. I'm on my way to heaven. Thank you for tuning in today for Truth For Today, a ministry of Rochester Hills Baptist Church. If you would like this message in its entirety, please visit us at rhbchurch.com or phone us at 248-852-0585 Please join us again next week for Truth For Today.